0: It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at philgilliland.actioncoach.com. book a session, and I'll give you all the details. Welcome to this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs powered by Action Coach Growth Partners. You likely went into business to have more freedom and flexibility so that you could spend more time with your family do more things or travel or enjoy your hobbies or whatever it is that you like to do in your spare time. We're here to help you find better ways to make more money, build better teams and get that time back so that you can have that freedom and flexibility. We'll help you simplify things and make sense of business, investing and wealth building so that you can be epic and achieve all your dreams and goals. And now enjoy the show.
1: Hi, my name is Michael Maines and I'm the director and co-owner of Blue Spiral One a fine art and studio craft gallery located in North Carolina in Asheville. Uh, we have been in business since 1990, and I've been with the gallery since 2010.
0: So how did you get into the business in the first That's place? That's a good question.
1: Um, it, it's kind of a, um, a pretty linear approach to to the profession. I went to art school uh, in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm, I'm from Ohio originally, from Akron, Ohio, and I uh, went to the Columbus College of Art Design and studied fine art and majored in painting and printmaking. Um, I went into school thinking that I was gonna be a professional artist, much like the artists that I represent today. Um, But over time, I became more interested in the behind the scenes um, work that happens in uh, either a museum or a gallery setting and started to work for the Columbus Museum of Art, uh, which was at the backyard of, of my college. And I worked there as a preparator for a few years, and then eventually moved back home to Akron and Cleveland area and worked at those two museums as well as a preparator art handler for them. And really uh, took a liking to kind of the, the hands-on side of the museum world or the the art world, Uh, hanging shows, curating shows, uh, looking at art as, as an object and um, eventually decided that Ohio wasn't the place for me for a lot of reasons. Uh, mostly just spending my entire life there. I was ready for a change. So I was talking with a, uh, an artist that I was an assistant to. Uh, his name was Don Drum, and he's an aluminum pewter artist in, in the Akron area. And he knew uh, of a guy named John Cram, who owned a gallery in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, which is the gallery Blue Spiral that I'm at now. And he said, if you're going to move somewhere, and I told him I wanted to move south, he said, you should check out Asheville. And at that time, in 2009 or so, I didn't really know too much about Asheville. And so I came down here, I met with John, and and I left with a a full-time job working for him, and he became uh, my mentor. Uh, I started working for John in in 2010, and he made me the assistant director to Blue Spiral One. And in 2017, I was promoted to the director of the gallery. Unfortunately, in 2020, John passed away and that's when I became a co-owner of the gallery. Um, but for uh, 10 years, he was my mentor learning about the business of art, um, how to run a commercial gallery, and how to bridge the, the craft world with the fine art world.
0: We have a lot of ways we could go here. Let's, let's talk about mentorship first. Let's, let's talk about the importance of what makes a good mentor in your mind. How was John a great mentor for you and what what were some of the characteristics of a good mentor someone's looking for? Well,
1: um, it's it's kind of an interesting question because John was a very interesting person. He was uh, very much a a lot of people uh, described him as a curmudgeon. Um, But uh, if once you got to know John, he was a very sweet and caring and um, a very um, giving person. And what he gave me was a lot of insight into this business. And the biggest thing that he did for me, which at first was extremely frustrating, is that he pushed me. And he challenged me both intellectually and physically uh, in this field and um, made me really know that this is a hustle. You have to work incredibly hard in this business uh, to, to make it. And you have to work not only for yourself; you have to work on behalf of all the artists that you represent, and the um, your colleagues here at the gallery, um, in order to do all that we do here. Um, we do an awful lot in a in a in a in a gallery that's our size. We're you know we're we're fifteen thousand square feet, spanning three levels here in downtown Asheville, and we put on twenty four to twenty five exhibitions annually uh, in this space. On top of anything that we do. At, outside of the gallery, like an art fair, uh, collaborations with other nonprofits or institutions and museums. And on average, we have a staff, including myself of six. So we wear a lot of different hats. And so being able to manage that is something that he, he, uh, instilled in me. Um, and the, the idea of, of, uh, being a, a broker or salesperson for art, which is something that is interesting because it's not, um, we're not car salesmen. You know, there's, there's an eloquence to it. There's a, a, an intellectual capacity that's needed in order to do it. And so more than anything, we're educators in our field working with clients uh, to place works for our artists. Uh, so he, he, he provided me a lot of different skills and, 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 um, personality traits both good and bad to, to
0: to work on I love that so first of all he he was a giver you have to be a little bit of a giver to be a mentor because you got to want to help the, ne- the next person he gave you insight but what I really like is he pushed and challenged you to be who you needed to be to be able to Go to whatever next level was your next level in this case, co-owner or eventually mm-hmm. co-owner, but certainly through to to run the whole whole thing. And then I love the fact that hey, you got to hustle. This is not about this, and and you and you've got to continually educate. So I think a great mentor does all of those things. So I, I think that's I think that's uh, that's incredible. So I'm sure it hasn't been, you know, a straight line. Michael's been massively successful in everything that he's done, so I, mean, I don't know any entrepreneurs that can say that. So tell me a little bit about some of the challenges, or even maybe failures, and what you've and what you've gained from that, or how that's helped. Sure. you grow.
1: Um I mean you're absolutely right, Bill. There's 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 always challenges and failures, and failures help to make successes. Um, you know, there, every day I think I have a failure. Um, and every day I think I have somewhat of success as well. Um, and failures can be seen in different ways, you know, one of the most recent challenges I think that we can all you know, talk about, I'm sure that it comes up a lot on, on your program is just what COVID did to a business. Um, but more than anything, a challenge that we had here was what happens when your, your founder passes and how, how do you mm. continue to honor mm. a legacy but also use it as an advantage or an opportunity to expand, grow, and, and pivot. So, in a lot of ways, the pandemic also provided that platform and a reason to pivot and to change. Um, would I have chosen another reason to do so? Absolutely. I mean, uh, because there's the downfalls of that, you know, having to furlough your staff and uh, closing your doors for almost four months. Uh, but still the phone rings and email inquiries come in from, from our clients uh, and having to run the entire business with just myself. And at the time, my assistant director um, while everybody else was um, just kind of waiting and seeing what happens and staying safe in their homes. Uh, We continued working. We continued to do that hustle and meeting with clients in in their homes or outside their homes actually. And um, so when when the founder passes of a, of a of a business, you know, prior to that, a challenge was dealing with founder syndrome, and how do they you know pass it off to the next generation um, of ownership or directorship of a gallery um, when you know everything has been fine up until then? Why why change? Why why rebrand the gallery? Why do all of that? So those are things that have always been challenging, um, and and things that John challenged me when I proposed to, for example, rebrand the gallery in 2017, change the logo that had been there for you know 20 some years. My reasoning was something that he didn't maybe quite understand because of our generational gap. Um, and if it ain't broke, why fix it mentality? But at the end of the day, it was a good choice and he understood why
0: and um, respected that. So, how did you? How did the the industry or your business change as a result of losing the founder? What what specifically have you have you have you done? Or or what was your plan to you know to continue to grow? I the think business? a lot of the plan was was kind of a
1: marketing approach and to you know even though John passed away in in, in 20, he had almost fully retired when I became the director. So a lot of it was an optics thing where, you know, in the business that we're in, trust is a big part of it. So trust in our clients and clients trusting myself and the business and the growth of the business. And so when I say optics, it's, it's knowing that if the founder or the director is still associated with, he might not be doing all of the the work or the um, pulling the strings anymore of of how the business is running, and so making sure that people are aware of that in a, in a way that honors him, but also uh, lets people know that there's there's the next chapter. Um, so, you know. Putting myself in, in 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 a in a position where you know telling that next generational story, um, being a catalyst for change in the industry in our town, and kind of announcing that that this change is happening before it was actually you know all the way there, um, kind of leading up to it. Um, so again, it gives it gives, builds that trust um, and tells that story. I
0: love that. I love that. Like it's, it's a matter people buy from who they know, like, and trust. And so, um, I love that the continuation of trust. That was the, that was the goal of the whole thing of, of any, of any change. Could we, can we maintain the trust even though we're not doing business the same way we did before, whether it was COVID or, or the uh, founder, you know, it, it, it sounds like he was very forward thinking because he, manager to essentially run the business for him before he died so uh that's all that's a that's an awesome that's a great story i I think that's a i think that's the way it should be done and in a lot of medium and small businesses it's probably a great idea to to identify a mentee identify somebody and and Mm -hmm. get them ready and it sounds, and it seems like he did a great job of that. With yeah, he did a
1: pretty so, good job. Well, it, it, well it could, have, could have been better, smoother, but you know, it's, it's again goes back to his, you know, personality. And it was more like a, a test, you know, to see how, how, it would, how it works. So, you know,
0: well, there are different, you know, there are all kinds of styles out there of leadership exactly. that work. So, uh, well, I'm assuming that you don't, I don't, that you, that you're not just a local business, that you're, national, international, sell to, you know, people who are interested in your art. Um, how, how's that going sure. with, through Um
1: So that's been, that's been something that's been continually growing. So when, when we, when the gallery first started, we only represented Southeastern artists. Um, and because of that majority of our clientele was Southeastern. Um, as the business grew and the town of Asheville grew as a major tourism destination, more people were coming here, not just through day trips, but you know the airport here grew, so more people were flying in. We had more direct flights. Uh, in the most recent years, we're seeing a lot more international travel here, which expands our international clientele. Um, but we're not just here with our doors open. We have uh, a pretty robust marketing um, efforts, uh, both digitally and in print, uh, more so digitally these days. And so we're reaching out to reach new clients, uh, both in that kind of uh day trip kind of region, as well as uh, pe- folks that are flying in nationally, internationally. And with that growth, we've expanded our artist pool of talent to be national and international. So we have uh, artists from all over the country and we have a handful of artists that are f- from different parts of the world, as well as we have uh a partnership gallery that was established in 2018 in Barcelona, where we trade exhibitions
0: every other year with them. Yeah, Barcelona is a great place to visit. So uh, that's probably a good uh, relationship yeah. to have. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's a, it's an interesting one to me. So, you know, in marketing, there's a lot of test and measure checking out so is that how you do it with artists you you say well we like this artist and let's test and measure and see if we can sell any of this art that's pretty i mean that's it's a lot of that
1: so at first it comes down to uh looking at our current roster of artists and seeing what might be missing and or what we could we could potentially grow uh if there's a a subject matter that 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 is continually does well like say for instance landscape painters uh, having one landscape painter on our roster could be beneficial, but having five could be maybe more beneficial, as long as they have uh, a variation between them that sets them apart. So f- one thing that is a consistency throughout the gallery is craftsmanship. So that is the thread throughout the gallery. So everything is made at a really high level. And we have artists that are doing similar um Styles are maybe working in similar mediums, but what they produce is completely different. So as you pan through the gallery, everything looks unique. Uh, you can tell the differences between various artists. But as you can imagine, when you represent about 120 different artists, there is some overlap. So how do we tell that story? And that's just it. We tell the story. Uh, we're talking about each artist as an individual and sharing their process, their materials, Um, as a, as a part of our educational approach of, of, um, of consulting here.
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome. So I'm going to do a bit of a quick fire round here and, uh, EPIC is an acronym. So I'm going to, I'm going to go down through the EPIC mm-hmm. and get your thoughts on, uh, first of all, the E stands for education and you, we've talked about education a lot. So in business, what do you think the importance of education is?
1: I think there's a bit of importance in education. Education is a broad term, and it can be both in academic and formal education, but can also be uh, based on uh, experience and getting your feet wet uh, and your hands dirty. And so for me, I don't have a formal business education. And at times I thought maybe I would go back and get my MBA or something like that. But really my education is in the doing. And so the longer that I'm doing this, And in this field and working in my position with having employees and the artists and all of that, um, I'm, I'm continually learning. And, you know, like I said, every day is there's a failure, but there's also something to be learned every day. And so that, that's the education that's important.
0: Yeah. I love what you said about every day. There's a failure. Also every day, there's a success. So, I mean, I, have always looked at it. If you fail on something, at least you've learned something. So, um, yeah. Um, all right. So how about the importance of planning? How does planning play in your world? So yeah. planning is
1: very important in our world. Um, like I said, we do those exhibitions every other month. So we're planning our exhibition schedule out about two years out in advance. So there's a lot of planning that goes in, into just contacting the artist from the inception of an idea of a show to finding the artists, whether they're in our current roster or we're inviting them to the initial email invite, knowing what the inventory is coming in when the work comes in planning, how the gallery is going to transition over. You know, we, we don't close while we're transitioning our exhibitions, we stay open. So just in that small part of what we do here, there's a lot of planning. And then, you know, when we're working with clients on installs or auditioning or, um, major projects, there's a lot of planning in that. So, um, I would say planning is a is a major part of of our business and is is, is very much essential
0: here. That's that's very interesting to me. Uh, you know, I wouldn't think that most artists. I mean, my my impression of artists in general and the artists that I know, I have some in our, in our family. You know, they don't. I I can't say that they would be massive planners, but I love that you're two yeah. years out. Well- I mean, you have what artists
1: need. There's two main things that artists need, and it's time and space. And so we provide the time for them, and they have the space. And so, you know, in the gallery's history, that that timeline of planning was much shorter. It was much more reactionary. And we we still leave a bit of 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 that within our exhibition schedule because if something comes up that is uh, timely, we want to curate a show that kind of reacts to that. We we have the ability to do that. But giving our artists the time to create a body of work that they're happy with is 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 the, is one of the best ways to ensure that we will get the best work from that artist and allows us the runway to do the marketing and the reaching to the clients that collect that artist's work.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. To do the marketing right, you have to be you have to be planful. So uh, that's 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 amazing that's cool that's, that's 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 an interesting learning how about inspiration what do you think the importance of inspiration is in business uh inspiration is
1: another very important factor i mean for us i mean i'm i'm surrounded by inspiration daily by the work that our artists are, are putting forth in front of us um i'm inspired by my colleagues daily and and i'm inspired by what we're able to do here i'm inspired by my wife I'm inspired by my three and three-year-old um and that inspiration like I said, comes from a different, a lot of different places, but it's more what you do with it. So if I'm inspired by something, let's say I'm, I'm walking through the gallery and I see a couple artists that there's a moment that these two or three pieces look really um, compelling together. Well, that inspiration might transfer into an exhibition that that might happen in the future. Uh, So, you know, we're always continually looking with our eyes open and, and, and seeing where inspiration might come from and then how we might be able to use
0: that inspiration. I love it. I love it. I, I thought you were going to like <laughs> that one. How about commitment? How about the importance of commitment to wrap up the, the so word
1: Commitment is, is a big one too. Um, you know, we at the gallery and myself are fully committed to, to our artists. Um, we are family. And so we support them both on a you know, on a financial level for one uh, as their career, but also on an emotional level, we're we're there for them to talk through some things, whether it's strictly about art, but also about anything else that might be going on. I mean, when you works with with a gallery, um, it is it's like a family or or a a, a dating married situation. You are a, a unit together, and so being committed to each other is, is important. And to have that, again, that trust uh, goes with it. Um, and then to also, you know, being tastemakers in our field, we have to be stand behind what we put forth. And so we're committed to uh, presenting the, the what we consider the very best in studio craft and, and, and fine art in the region and beyond.
0: So do you still do art? That's a I get that question
1: almost daily, Bill. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those questions It kind of depends on what day you're asking me. I usually say no. (laughs) Um, And traditionally the answer is always no. I I don't, I don't go home. I don't paint anymore. I don't, I don't practice in the, in the kind of um, traditional way, but my artistry is in, and has become in the curation of the gallery and the exhibitions we have and in, in, in language. And so, I work with, with people. And so being able to talk with somebody in a way like we're doing right now or with clients, I mean, that is, that is in some way, uh, an artistry,
0: uh, No doubt. That's it's definitely an It's definitely an art. I love it. I love it. It's not, you know, people say it's a skill, but it's an art and a skill. So awesome. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you or find the the gallery, how do they do it? Um, So
1: we are located again in downtown Asheville, North Carolina. And our website is bluespiral1.com. And you can follow us on all social media channels at Blue Spiral one That's B-L-U-E-S-P-I-R-A-L, the number one.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Hey, look, it's been a great discussion. I love the way the art and business and the business of art. We need to have another. We'll, we'll have oh, another real. talk and just talk about art and business and how and how business is an art. I think that's a that'd be a great topic for us to have a chat about so uh, thanks for being on the show really enjoyed having thanks for me, having man. me bill yeah and until next time we want you to be epic thanks for joining us for this week's episode of epic entrepreneurs here's four things you can do first you can listen every week on biz radio mondays at one. Second, you can subscribe to the podcast hey you get it the more subscribers we have the more cool things we can offer you Three, you can also go out and give us a five-star rating everywhere. And number four, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build an Epic Business, just go to giftfrombill.com. It's your roadmap to building your epic business. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the
1: podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.